0: How do I pull those characteristics and kind of apply them to my past experience? Because again, all of your past experience is applicable and you are going to use that in vetmed. It's like, how do you build that bridge for the um, admissions team and for the person writing you a letter of breath? Hi there, I'm Shoria. And I'm Caitlin. And
1: welcome to Vetted a podcast that will serve as a journey through the great wide world of veterinary
0: medicine. As two non-traditional applicants starting veterinary school this fall of 2022, we wanted to create this podcast to cover various topics of the industry as we encounter them in real time.
1: The journey to becoming a vet is not meant to be traversed alone. So Shori and I are going to figure it out together and with you as we become vetted. Caitlin how's it going hi Shoria. it's good how's your move going
0: it's it's good besides the suitcases on the floor and clothes everywhere and trying to figure out how to pack for all four seasons at once um it's going okay
1: yeah I totally remember that and it's very stressful we should do like a whole episode on packing because absolutely. it's absolutely yeah. it's a rough time So I know that today we're going to be talking about our letters of recommendation, but before we get into that, um, I'm pretty sure we got some additional advice from someone. Um, I guess we can just pull it up here. Can you start us out with that?
0: Yeah, that sounds great. Um, So this advice is from Ashley. Thanks so much for reaching out and sharing um, your experience. But uh, essentially, she is a non-traditional student as well, and her advice is really leaning into your non-traditional background, if that is um, kind of your story. And she was an engineer, and which is super cool. And she showcased how her unique experience kind of formed and confirmed her decision to pursue veterinary medicine and also leaning into how the skills that she learned in engineering can really carry over into the vet profession. And this is something that Caitlin and I definitely touched on in previous episodes. So um, definitely on the point there. And another thing that she says, um, which is really helpful is to, uh, to show, don't tell, really paint this picture, just tell the story of who you are beyond the resume, experiences, accolades, and to constantly keep asking yourself the question, why, whenever you feel like, you know, you, you kind of reach a dead end and you don't know what to say anymore, or what to write, just keep asking why, um, and that should help you dig a little deeper into why you want to be a vet and really try to convey this why into your essay. Um, And she also talks about identifying core values and really centering the personal statement around them. And I actually really like this because that helps you kind of create a theme and a flow within the essay. Totally.
1: And I think those two things can help people start. You know, I think that we see a lot of people asking those questions on the different Facebook groups that we're a part of that will say, oh my gosh, how do I start my personal essay? Like where, where is the beginning? And I know you and I gave some advice on, you know, kind of just just write, you know. Doesn't doesn't don't think too much. Just write and write and write. But I think that out. these are good questions to start with. So the core values can also be found on schools' websites. So if you have like a dream school, they definitely have a whole page. I guarantee you, dedicated to the core values of their students and their institution. So that can help you because so you can kind of focus on that um, and the why. And then additionally, some more stuff that Ashley has said is to constantly keep running the brain dumps. That's kind of what I was just talking about, where you just sit and you type streams of consciousness just to get something written and to feel accomplished with no worries about spelling and punctuation. Have many eyes to read the personal statement, particularly people who know you, and you don't have to take all of their advice. She said she had high school friends, a vet student, and a veterinarian read her personal statement. That is excellent advice. She said to always make sure to check if the personal statement and supplemental answers the question that was asked, and to utilize mind maps if thoughts feel jumbled. So I think there's a link to this. Am I right, Choria? Yes, that's correct. And we'll definitely add that in our show notes for
0: anyone who awesome. wants to check it out.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much, Ashley. That is super cool. Um, and to everyone else listening, if you have advice, it doesn't matter if we've already done an episode on it. We would love to be able to include it. Everything that you have to say and all your suggestions matter.
0: Absolutely. Now moving on to this week's topic, which is letters of wreck. Dun, dun, dun. There's a lot of anxiety because it is so nerve-wracking and awkward to ask someone to write a letter about you I don't know it what is. it is it can't be but, awkward but um, there's it's definitely stressful and scary and it's been one of my most awkward moments life, <laughs> I know so.
1: we've got some good some good stories on that between the two of us and I kind of starting out One of the things that you and I have run into in talking about this, for Ohio State, it's just three, at least one from a
0: veterinarian. But for Penn, you had to have a professor, right? I did, yeah. So um, that's why I definitely recommend going through the list of schools that you're interested in applying to and just double-checking their recommendation um, requirements, because I've seen some schools that require two from faculty members and one from a vet, or some schools that require two from veterinary faculty and like one from a professor. So it's really important to double check and to make sure that you are meeting those requirements, because if you don't, then unfortunately, I'm not sure if your application you know, is valid and if they actually like review it. Its and entirety. some of them require science professors too. I'm pretty sure they I do. saw that,
1: which is very do. scary. And this kind of goes into this non-traditional aspect of this podcast, which is I would have struggled with that because I have done pretty much all online classes for my bachelor's degree. Um, so I don't think I really had any relationships that I cultivated where I would have felt comfortable.
0: So how did you accomplish that for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I was in a similar boat since I studied business as an undergrad and that was over four years ago. So I haven't been in touch with some of my you know, early science professors um, and it was definitely definitely challenging. But the way I approached it is the science classes that I was enrolled in um, as I was applying, I really did my best to develop a relationship with the ones that I felt that were open and had office hours. So it's also having kind of a general sense of like who would be open to like developing that relationship with you. And if you do feel that, then definitely invest your time in them and in that class and really take it seriously. So for me, it was my microbiome professor. Um, I immediately you know, got the vibe that she really cared about her students and she was willing to spend as much time as possible for you to understand that material. And it was important to her. So I went to all the office hours. Um, you know, I took a lot of interest in the course um and I even set up study group sessions for when we did have quizzes and midterms and finals come around and um over time I did develop a relationship with her and I also found out that she's an animal lover herself so we definitely connected on that and you know when the class ended I asked her really awkwardly if she'd be willing to write me a letter of rec and she said absolutely didn't hesitate at all why was it um, why was it awkward it was awkward for me. I don't know. I think I just, I hate asking people to do favors for me. <laughs> like, I am so sorry to ask you this. <laughs> I literally apologized. I'm pretty sure.
1: <laughs> I love that. I mean, it's, it's sweet. Like I, it's so funny because I really think that a lot of people myself included like someday we're going to be vets and we'll probably be asked to write them like I'd feel really happy to write one for someone but when you're on the other end of it you're like they're gonna think something like I'm just worried they're gonna think that for some reason I only tried as hard as I did or I only showed up to work because I wanted a letter of recommendation and that's yeah I don't know why I worry about that but I guess I just want people to know that like I'm genuine and I don't want anything Absolutely. to come off like I'm not being genuine. Like, I'm just like, Muh-ha-ha. like all I wanted from you was an LOR and I somehow managed to spend hundreds and hundreds of hours like, just faking right. my way through it. Like it just, it doesn't make yeah. sense. It's such you an irrational been. fear. Right. Definitely exactly.
0: cannot fake the genuineness. Um, and someone will be they've been doing this for years, right? Like whenever you do feel anxious, something that I told myself is like they've written so many of these. They have a format. They like know exactly what to write and what they're doing. And she actually had a, like a Google form. She was like, hey, I'm going to send you this Google form. This is what I send to all my students. Go ahead and fill it out. Let me know what you want to highlight. And I really appreciated oh, that. I love because that she was like organized. She, she knew what she was doing. She got that um, letter done like a few weeks in advance, which I really appreciated. Um, And I was able to kind of be on the, be at the steering wheel and tell her, this is what I want you to highlight. And I'll definitely go into, you know, my strategy of what I have asked my other recommenders to talk about too, because I think it's really important to have a holistic application and, you can have five really strong letters, but if they all say the same thing about you, it's not helpful to the admissions committee.
1: Totally. And I think that kind of bridges into the next component of this, which is planning for everything, which is like very broad, but (laughs) like you've said, so you have to plan for If you need a professor, if you don't need a professor, if you need, how many veterinarians do you need? So you have to plan ahead for that, obviously, because you can't just like meet someone a week later. You can, but it might not be the best letter of recommendation if someone's only known you for a week. So planning ahead for what letters of recommendation that you need, and then also planning ahead on what qualities are you highlighting, and do you have a really broad array of things that you're highlighting? like you said, you don't want all letters of recommendation that say the same thing. So how can you prepare yourself to be like, okay, like, I'd like to highlight, you know, from this person, qualities of leadership. And for me, that was really easy, right? Because I had military experience. And so I knew that I really wanted to go like leadership heavy on my military LOR. And then maybe more on like the team building type of thing with my veterinary LOR. So like, Kind of thinking
0: through general themes so that you can communicate that to your recommender. Absolutely. And another thing that I actually did that I thought was helpful for my recommenders were the ones that are not familiar with veterinary medicine and don't really, you know, know the day to day and kind of what the skills require, like, for example, my econ teacher, like he knows what a vet is, he's gone to one, he has animals, but he doesn't really know what the skill set is and you know what they're doing day to day. So I sent him an article, Cornell actually has a great one about, you know, the skills and techniques and Um, kind of, you know, the qualities and characteristics of a great veterinarian. And I shared that with him. um, And I thought it was helpful because he, he was able to grasp a little bit of, you know, like how to connect from what he knows about me personally to the field that I'll be going into.
1: Which is how do you even go about asking and what do you provide? Because I think that that's the most intimidating part because Absolutely. there's so many different personalities, and everyone's in a different yeah. position, and sometimes they're in like very like high level leadership positions. Like I asked the commander yeah. of our squadron, and that was scary because I was Hi, like, "That's terrifying!" Hi, Lieutenant yeah. Colonel, Rear oh Sergeant Ingram. Like, right like I felt really, <laughs> I felt really silly. And then I also, as like an additional layer, at the same time that I'm telling him or asking him for a letter of recommendation, I'm telling him I'm not continuing in my military career. And for me, I know I found it a lot easier if I just offered when I spoke to them, both for my own anxiety of wanting them to be able to say no, but also just so I could have a little bit of control on what the content of that was going to be in the focus, is I would just ask them if they wanted me to write them a template. And so I would ask, first of all, do you uh, feel that I've earned a letter of recommendation? And if you do not, what can I do in the coming weeks or months to prove to you, to, to earn a letter of recommendation from you. And if they said, oh, absolutely, which they did, because um, I, I don't think but mo- I think most people are really happy to write a letter of recommendation. Right. <laughs> um, but if they didn't, I would have been like, okay, what can I do and jot it down notes or whatever. I then said, can I write you a template of things that I think I've exhibited or qualities I think I've exhibited. And would that be helpful to you? And they all said yes. And so me and my husband and my mom all kind of helped write these templates out where I would just kind of bullet point experiences that I had, dates that I've known that person, um, where we met, just little like details that I think make a letter really personal that sometimes people don't remember. So the number of hours that I had spent working on certain projects or working for that clinic, et cetera qualities I feel I've exhibited and examples of when I exhibited those qualities. And it was kind of awkward writing that because you kind of feel like you're tooting your own horn. But I like to think that my awkwardness about writing it was ultimately overshadowed by the fact that I, I think it was probably easier for them to write it with that because they could then use that and then go off of it. And so they still changed them. They still wrote their own, but I think it allowed
0: like a little roadmap. Yeah, yeah, no, that's brilliant, and I'm I'm sure it was really helpful, especially with someone, as with such a busy schedule, to have everything, all the little details lined out, and for the things that they don't have to think too much about, which is, you know, their relationship with you and how highly they think of you, that just comes really easy and it flows well, and then they can just submit it. So it definitely cuts down their work in half. So um, I think that's awesome that you did that, and that's definitely one way of going about it. I. Took a different approach instead of actually giving them a template. I just um, first, after you know, asking them over a phone call if they'd be willing to write me one. Um, and after they had said yes, I basically sent the formal request through Vimcast and I sent them a follow up email to make sure that they received that formal request from vimcast because it can sometimes go in junk or spam so it's really important to follow up with them Um, and then in that follow-up email i said you know hey uh, recommender's name uh thank you so much for offering to write write me a letter of recommendation um just want to confirm that you received the email from vimcast if not please check your junk or spam folder if you don't see it there let me know and i can send another one and then I kind of go into bullet points of like, hey, you know, if possible, I'd love for you to highlight these specific qualities um, and actually give them specific examples of like projects you've worked on or, you know, they, like kind of highlight those characteristics um, and whatever detail you can provide. So similar to what Caitlin did, but just like in an email and bullet point form. So I think either approach works well. But overall, the main message is to like give them something to go off of because it's just going to make their life easier and your letter way better.
1: Right. And the option, right? Because I think the brilliant thing, you did two brilliant things, one of which being, hey, if you don't mind, like these are the kinds of things that I, you know, think that could be included in this. Like, I think that that's really awesome because you're not kind of forcing it upon them. You're just saying, here are some things that I think about when I think about my time here and my time with you. And the other thing is you gave them a really good understanding of their timeline and checked in with them about receiving it. I didn't do that. And I realize hearing you say that how absolutely screwed I would have been if for some reason they didn't get it because I didn't check up on them. Like I just sent it to them and I was like, cool job done. I did it, (laughs) check the box, move along. And like, fortunately they all got them. And I eventually, you know, got the thing from Femcast that it was received, but like that could have been, that could have been rough.
0: Yeah, it's scary for sure because they can forget about it if you don't check in on them. And also, like if you don't hear anything from them, just you know, keep politely following up. And also, a pro tip: don't tell them the deadline is September fifteenth. Tell them the deadline is August fifteenth. So you give yourself that one month of buffer. Right, and that actually is the recommend deadline. Recommended deadline
1: for for most schools is August fifteenth. You just have lots and lots of time. And also. Um, they can't be paper. They have to be electronic. So just make sure all of the little details about how things need to be done are communicated. So Shori, what
0: was your most awkward ask? Oh gosh. Um, uh, yes. Okay. For me, it was, um, my vet. So I had five letters, one from a Disney director I worked with closely, um, one from the vet, one from a vet tech I worked with at the clinic, and one from an econ teacher who was also my mentor, and then last one from my teacher. and I felt with all of them, I had a pretty good relationship, and I felt comfortable asking them for a letter of recommendation, so it wasn't that awkward, but for the vet, I felt like I hadn't earned it, and I think that's the case because I started shadowing her maybe like a month before I had asked her for the letter of rec and that's just because my timeline was so rushed you know I quit my corporate job in March um of last year and decided I wanted to apply to vet school and um I didn't have that much time that I was basically starting from scratch so I started working at a clinic full time um and you know like trying to build relationships with the doctors there and she was the one who was like the most open and personable so and she taught me without me asking questions, um, which I thought was a great sign. So I felt comfortable learning from her. And, you know, she was a great mentor. She also had a non-traditional background. So we connected on that. But it was so awkward, Caitlin, because I randomly texted her. So I got her phone number from like the operations <laughs> director <already> <laughs> at the clinic. And I was like, hey, by any chance, do you have, you know, doctor blah, blah, blah's number? And she was like, she probably thought it was weird that I was asking for this. But she was like, yeah, okay, here you go. I'm trying to go to dinner. Um, <laughs> Yeah, try and ask her out on a date. It's fine. And um, I got her number. I texted her. I'm like, hi, like, this is Shoria from, you know, the clinic. Like, was wondering if you're free for a quick call by any chance. Super <laughs> random, right? Like, why would... Some girl working out as a vet assistant want to speak to me. I got your number from Yellow Pages.
1: I sat there with the phone book for 20 hours straight until I found the right number. Sunday
0: afternoon. I'm literally bothering this poor woman on her Sunday afternoon. So, anyway, she was, like, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I'm just feeding my son some breakfast. Like, I'll call you in a little bit. And I was, like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm like, panicking. I'm, like, (laughs) sweating. And I'm looking at my boyfriend and I'm, like, I'm not getting into vet school. It's just not happening. Like, I'm not going to get my letter. And, like, this is a most important letter, right? Like, all schools require one vet letter. Vet letter. So, I am feeling very screwed at this point in time. (laughs) So... I'm sweating bullets over here. I'm waiting for her call. I'm so anxious. Um, and then she calls me and I'm like, hi, like, how's it going? Like, I'm okay. um, And she's like, oh, you know, it's good. Like, I'm just feeding, um, you know, Tom his breakfast. And I was like, oh, okay, like, that sounds really fun. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> so oh, that awkward. sounds great.
1: Me too. Wait, no,
0: I'm not. Um, anyway. <laughs> um so she's like okay so how's it going what do you what's going on Uh, and I'm like oh you know like my voice is breaking up like I like actually like you're like actually sobbing into the phone yeah, and I'm like you know, I remember how I mentioned I'm applying to vet school and she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm super excited for you." I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know, like <laughs> the vet. I aspire to be one day. I think that's what I said. I look up to you and you're the vet I aspire to be that's one day. That's so
1: yeah.
0: sweet. And I mean, I meant this from like, you know, the bottom of, of my course. heart. But obviously I'm so awkward as I'm saying this. And she was like, oh, that's very sweet. And I'm like, well, get to the point, sure. get to the point. And I'm like, you know, I it would mean a lot to me if you'd be willing to write me a letter of rec. And I know you've only known me for like a month, but I can definitely, you know, I'll be working here for over the next, like until I start school. So um, I can definitely, you know, speak to you about whatever, right? Like, I don't even know yeah, what I was saying at yeah, that point. I was just <laughs> trying to validate my... Ask. point that I didn't have right exactly right um and she was like oh yeah for sure no problem um and that was it and then she and then we said her goodbye and then I was like oh, okay thanks so much I love this so much <laughs> but get this she was the first to submit the letter of breath oh of course like, of course the following she week like an angel. it was done the following week, it was done. And That's I was like, amazing. oh, my God. I looked at my boyfriend. I'm like, I'm not getting into vet school. Like, she just wrote some, like, paragraph that she hates me. She doesn't know me. And she just did it because she had And I'm had sure it was to. absolutely beautiful. I mean, I never saw the letter, but I'm sure it looked great. Well, you got it in multiple <laughs> places. I'm pretty sure it was fine. I'm pretty sure it did because not say bad. this girl should the not be a veterinarian.
1: And it was, it was so traumatic. That is hilarious. So. But it is possible. It is possible. <laughs> <laughs> I the person I that I think was the most awkward was um one again the vet. I don't know what it is about. <laughs> I think it's just because we, we want to be them. And yes. I, I think I have a problem yeah. like when I when I want to tell someone like I admire them especially in person or over the phone like it just turns into like gobbledygook in my mouth. Yes. And I just want to be like I love you. I think you're really <laughs> great. <laughs> and it's just so and this I really looked up to this equine doctor. She was just is amazing like an amazing doctor so funny so nice like I just thought she was the coolest freaking person but that made it even harder because I think it was just like I bet gosh like what if she doesn't think the same you know and I was just a shadow I had been a shadow for a long time but I was just shadowing I was still in the military I couldn't work anywhere And so I was just with her on weekends, just bothering her for six hours.
0: (laughs) How did you find her?
1: Um, We only had a few vets in Tucson um, and she was one of the only clinics that offered shadowing, especially like not just single time shadowing, but like any time that she had availability and I had availability, it coincided. And so I ended up spending quite, quite a lot of hours, um, not shadowing awesome. her, which was really awesome. and so nice of her to do because it's like, you don't have to do that for people. You don't have to like put a 27 year old in the back of your truck and listen to her ask questions about freaking myocarditis or whatever's going on. So, so super, super kind. And, um, I walked up to her, it was after a day of shadowing. So she was busy and she was like entering stuff in on the computer. And I must've just like mumbled everything that came out. Like, I was just like, yeah, so um, you know, uh, so basically, you know how, uh, you know I'm applying to vet school, but like, basically. so like, you know how I'm applying to vet school and I like, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get in this year because oh like, I God. wasn't planning to apply and now I am applying. And so like, and it's kind of rushed because like, I didn't realize I was going to be applying this year, but now like I'm getting out of the military sooner than I thought. And I would just, so I have to have, um, letters of recommendation <laughs> and, um, I don't know if you think that I deserve one. And if you don't, that's, like, totally fine. Um, I oh Totally gosh. cool because I've obviously only been shadowing you. And she just, like, looks at me. She, like, puts her hand up. She was like, you're good. Yeah, totally. And I was like, oh proceed to vomit all over the floor. <laughs> oh <my laughs> it's just so stressful because I'm like, <laughs> it's just, like, you have to. You basically I are bet. like, do you like me? That's what it feels like. It feels like when you're in middle school and you're, like, passing a note to somebody. And you're like, do, do you want to be my friend? Yes right do like, you want to be back? my friend circle yes. yes or no and then they take it and put it in their pocket and you're like oh, what does that mean <laughs> like oh, yeah. does that mean we're friends now like that's what it feels like because you're not necessarily friends with these people right right like, you are but you're not like you're not like hanging you're not going to the bar on the weekend like <laughs> right? right. so it's, so it's relationship. weird yeah. but yeah it was really great and um and yeah so like you i had uh, five letters of recommendation i ended up with two vats two people from the military and varying positions. And then I had um, an old Arabic professor, which would not have counted by the way, for the professor credit because she wasn't a college oh. professor. She did teach me Arabic, but like it wasn't in college. So it was like military training. So interesting. That's a good so note, for like the for science sure. yeah. professor in a science course. I might've been able to swing it for just professor, but most of them say of a college course or of a
0: science elective or whatever right right definitely read that fine print because it will bite you later <laughs> so. yeah exactly very so
1: in uh one of the websites that i found that we will link in the show bio it's called the Vetucator. v-e-t ducator <laughs> i love that Vetducator.
0: it's vetchicator
1: Vetducator. um whoever made that website is like so bad right now uh and so it's a it's a really cool uh, just little thing about VIMcast or VIMcast recommendations um, and how they're read by people. And so um, this person just like wrote a whole list of twenty let's see twenty three things to think about asking your recommender to put into the recommendation and things to think about. So like one of the things that I was surprised about is it says ability to handle animals. I 100% don't care. I'll teach you this during school because I'm pretty sure this is from a professor um, from from a university. It doesn't really specify super specifically, so I don't want to just assume. But but anyway, it's super interesting. And um, yeah, so I will put it in the show notes for sure, but it helps kind of orient you as a beginning step for those of you who are just in the beginning stages of planning this, you could be thinking about your LORs way before your application. Now you can't submit any LOR before your application because you can only do your LOR for that application cycle. But you can still absolutely prepare. Who are you going to ask? How are you going to ask them? And you can even ask them and just give them an extended timeline. Like if you are asking them ahead of time, like, "Hey, just so you know, I'm applying to school next year," right? And I'd really appreciate you do whatever you want. You know, whatever a- what floats your boat. Float your boat, do it. You know what I mean? I even wait, Anyway, to, this is a good okay. jumping off point, I think. It uh, helps kind of steer you in the right direction so that you kind of can go down a good path and plan everything out and be as organized
0: as Shoria is. <laughs> I wasn't that organized. I literally had a few months to put this together. You're so
1: or- I know we both did, but you're so organized. I, no one's going to understand just, this, but your Excel spreadsheets like my... are like works of art. Like you are the Picasso of Excel. I truly believe that.
0: (laughs) Uh, So to add to Caitlin's point of planning ahead, I even had a pre-vet student reach out to me for, she's not applying for another three years and she's like super on top of it. um, And she was like, I'm interviewing at a few different clinics. Where do you think I could get the best letter of recommendation? And I told her from my experience, it's like really look where you're going to have, you know, the actual day-to-day responsibilities and they're going to train you um, to be a technician there and where there are, you know, many vets working there. So you can see different leadership styles and different personalities and see who you vibe mm-hmm. with most personally. And then that would give you the best letter of recommendation. Um, I personally totally. think uh, versus if you work at like a one man shop, like that's kind of the only option you're putting yourself into. And like that could work mm-hmm. out great for you, but it also could not work out so great.
1: I think that and like what, whatever your strengths are you know you're super strong at teamwork find a place that lets you exhibit that
0: absolutely and if you want to go one step further and um, the way I did it I had I had a list of everyone I could possibly ask for a letter of rec that I thought you know met the requirements of the schools and made sense to me and the way I kind of narrowed them down is I put in buckets of like okay This person, I worked a lot with like presentation. So like, I can definitely talk about like my my presentation skills, like my attention to detail. And when I was lost for like, you know, a quality or characteristic, I would just kind of read through different vet blogs. And I would like read through like the responsibilities of a veterinarian to like get ideas of like, okay, this is the type of person I'm trying to become. How do I pull those characteristics and kind of apply them to my past experience? Because again, all of your past experience, is applicable and you are going to use that in vet meds. It's like, how do you build that bridge for the uh, admissions team and for the person writing you a letter of totally. So that was really helpful as I was kind of strategizing of like who I want to talk about what. Um, and if I felt lost, again, definitely recommend just like leaning into the blogs and like other talking to other vets and just even a day of shadowing and give yourself a break from the application to really get back into the clinic and see day to day what you're doing. Totally. And I really like that you took
1: that approach. It's another kind of exhibition of the fact that you can take different approaches and still get the same result. You took the approach of how do my letters of recommendation exhibit how good of a veterinarian I could be. I think that I went a different direction and I just went totally like how good of a student can I be because I just didn't have that much of that experience. So yeah, it just depends. I mean, experience aside, I think that most of the people that I had right for me just were so far outside of the veterinary world with the exception of like the two veterinarians, but like my military people and my um, just right. past career. I think I kind of leaned hard on if I can do this, I can do that. And so tried to lean in on like, hey, I can learn Arabic like fluently. Right. So I could, I can probably, I can, I don't know. To be determined if I can learn anatomy, but like ostensibly, <laughs> if you can do one, that you can do awesome. the other, right? As long By as the way. reason that you did it is because of work ethic and attention to detail, like you said, like all of those qualities. So I really think that the biggest takeaway from what you and I are saying are just plan ahead, like ahead, ahead in multiple facets, figure out what direction you want your letters of recommendation to go and communicate those in whatever way makes you comfortable and lean on your strengths whatever your strengths are lean on those both for planning and for execution
0: also really trust the process and the people that you are asking to write a letter rec. I know it's scary to not see what they're writing about you and some will share yeah some will share the letter with you and that's great but some will not and that will give you anxiety I'm not gonna lie it definitely gave me a lot of anxiety when the vet submitted mine within a week of me asking and I had no idea what she wrote on there, but, um, you know, I trust in the process. There's no way someone agrees to do it bec- and then doesn't like you. Right. right. They would
1: just politely decline. So just, you know, keep that in the back of your mind that you're awesome and you deserve a good letter you of recommendation awesome. and you've exhibited some really Absolutely. cool traits and personality Absolutely. characteristics.
0: Yeah. If you're willing to dedicate your career and your life to animals and helping people, like people want to help you do that. Totally seriously like how cool is this profession it's It's freaking awesome awesome. totally worth it i can't believe we start in like two weeks i that just gave (laughs) me such a flood of anxiety i like need to like step away i know (laughs) let's not talk about it okay
1: okay okay. uh anyway so um that's about i think all i have to say really a letter of recommendation jory do you have anything else
0: No, I just think start early, um, strategize as much as you can, but don't overthink it and don't let it get to your head. Just trust the process, trust the people you're asking, that they want the best things for you. Um, And as long as you start early and you're reminding them, um, you'll be great. You're going to do awesome. You're going to be great. You're going to be awesome. Do what floats your boat. Do what makes
1: you comfortable. And yeah, trust the process. Okay, Shory, do we have any
0: hoorays? Yes, we have a hooray that I'm excited to share. Um, This is from Lauren um, and her story is she thinks it doesn't qualify as non-traditional but she wants to share anyways and um just a shout out to to lauren like you know any everyone has a beautiful story and there's no right definition for non-traditional but um, we're all non-traditional here (laughs) we're all non-traditional we're all like you know a little quirky and non-traditional in our own way so here it goes i don't know if my story qualifies as non-traditional but i figured i would share anyways if you guys are interested in hearing more i'm happy to share I started undergrad with quite a few credits from dual enrollment classes in high school, so I skipped almost all my gen ed courses and went straight into bio, chem, and other pre classes. I loaded myself with 18 credits every semester while working 20 hours a week and shadowing at a vet clinic unpaid. I ended up finishing undergrad in three years due to my course load, but not with the perfect GPA. I struggled significantly with my mental health and had a really bad semester in my second year. I also didn't realize I'd be graduating early until June of that year and was working three jobs to pay for a study abroad trip while taking a summer class. That gave me minimal time to work on Vimcast, and I only applied to my in-state school in Arizona because they didn't have—they had an extended deadline for their inaugural year, and it was free. I didn't get interviewed for either school, so I pursued a master's degree at LMU instead. I am now going into my second year at LMU Vet School, and I truly mm-hmm. think my master's program helped me a ton. Let me know if you guys are interested in a more detailed story. Wow, that's awesome, Lauren. Mm-hmm. That's resilience, right? Like it's it,
1: Yeah, no, I think it, it, it absolutely is. is. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's such a course load. Like finishing in three years. I think I finished my undergrad degree in like six years.
0: <laughs> like literally. <laughs> well, you had some gaps. In yeah, yeah. There were some
1: changes going on. So no, was still that's that's amazing. Like imagine all doing all that work in three years is, is absolutely cool. No,
0: and working. Yeah. And shadowing and, and she pursued a master's. Um, so I mean, I think what we can really take away from Lauren's story is like, don't give up. It's definitely doable. I mean, it requires a lot of hard work, resilience, but if it's something that you're really passionate about, you can definitely get there. So I think it's amazing that, you know, she's in her second year at LMU now, um, and she's living the dream. So we're really excited for you, Lauren, and, um, definitely keep in touch with us.
1: Yeah. Congratulations. And for everyone else, send us your stories. Yes. Send us your things. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you What's going to? on? <laughs> what are you up to, guys? What's going on with you? <laughs> that
0: concludes this week's episode of Vetted. We would love to hear from you. Whether you have feedback, stories, advice, or questions, you can contact us at podcast.vetted at gmail.com. And make sure to follow Shoria's adventures on Instagram at
1: thedesivet, the dot D-E-S-I dot vet, and my own adventures by continuing
0: to listen to this very podcast. Tune in for the next episode of Vetted.